I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest. You guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what? Everybody except for Wakanda forever. <laughs> oh, we're still saying that? Okay. Until the movie comes out. Forever. <laughs> On this show, we discuss entertainment, you know, we could say, TV. You know, you know, we could say... We, we, we could say House of Trade. <laughs> House of what? What is it? House of Trades? How dare you? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be one of them shows, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why I don't share with you no more. <laughs> On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Y'all hear everybody in the building, the old Wu-Tang Clan all here, Man, woo, minus, woo. minus one or two people, you know. Um, but I know they're out there in spirit doing their thing. Shout out to all of them. So welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you, sir. What's up, Tracy Grant? Doing my thing. Mr. Executive Producer of um, Lace. Happy all to see black. happy to see you. Happy to see all my friends around the table. I say it every time I'm here. I'm I'm in the room with my friends and not just my friends in the business, my right. real friends. So Yeah, we have friends outside a difference. of this. You there's know what it is. And uh, appreciate everybody. Thank you for watching Lace. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for the support, checking us out. And Have they mentioned how you guys are doing or anything? Or um, do you know? Yes you and think? no. Um, if I can get into it somewhat. Um, this probably won't drop to the end of the year, by the way. So you got a couple weeks. We, we are performing well, put <clears throat> it that good. way. Right. And um, We need a season two. It means so. something that... Like you gave myself and the crew an episode on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, big up Los Angeles Times. Nice. My man Mo Kelly at KFI, 6.40 a.m. here in Los Angeles. Uh, KBLA, Talk 1580, Miche, W. Everybody who's supported and, and given us a shot, we appreciate it. Nice. That's what's up. Cool. What's up, Linnell White? Hey. We ain't seen you in two years. I haven't seen y'all, well, in person in two years. Yeah, in two, yeah, yeah, in yeah. two years. We, we definitely talked a lot. So. Yeah, well, yeah. I think, and, and I think I was on the podcast when y'all were on Zoom. A couple yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, it's <clears throat> like, so it's been like, but it's been a year, I think, since yeah. I've been on the show, other okay. than my bottle episode right. that I did. She just did a dope episode. You guys go back and listen to that episode. What was it? Three, number three, what? 383. 383. 383. 383. 383. Yeah, I'm obsessed with The Mandalorian. <laughs> I love that show. Yeah. Dope episode. It's a dope episode. I, I can't speak highly enough about it. It's a Star Wars show I wish I had when I was seven, mm-hmm. but it's also serving me now that I'm an adult. Right. It's, it's doing both things. And here's what I liked about it, though, Linnell, and we talked about this a little bit. 
I felt like you're just so passionate about this. Like I am with West Side mm. Story. I just can talk mm. about it. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. It just means, it, it means, it, like you said, it means more than just Star Wars. Yes. I forget yes. What, you, what you said, but it was beautiful. Yeah. And that's how I feel about West Side Story for me. It has that It gives thing. you a feeling. It gives, it you, gives a feeling. you a feeling. And yeah, you can't sure. even really describe the feeling. It, you right. just know it's there, right? right? right. Um, and that's what happens when you give a property, a franchise, you give it to people who know right. the material. Like, Favreau and, uh, and Filoni clearly know the world. Right. Like literally last night I was watching Empire Strikes Back was playing on TNT or something. Mm-hmm. And I literally, anytime that movie's playing, I'm, I'm going to have it on. <laughs> I'm going to have it on. It's my favorite movie of all time. Right. But then I'm watching that movie and I'm like, oh, there's little characters and pieces that they took from that even mm-hmm. and put them in the Mandalorian mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. even if I don't recognize those characters, they're in my subconscious. I'm like, right. it's still part of the world. Right. It's just, yeah, the story. and But just the journey, the character journey for me. Mm-hmm of this hardened guy <clears throat> now being given someone to care about when he's not really had any emotions, he's always been kind of solo, mm-hmm. just rolling through the universe. I'm like, that's compelling to me, mm-hmm. for, for me. Right. Other people, maybe not so much. What I heard the most, I don't know if you guys heard the episode, is the relationship between him and the, the Grogu. Baby, the oh, Grogu. man. That's, that's oh, what man. you, you went back to that about 10 times. Oh, man. That's the show. I can feel your emotion when you talked about that. Yeah, you know, because he's not supposed to be attached to anybody. He's a bounty hunter. Right. I'm gonna go get Tracy. I'm gonna freaking shoot take him up. His head. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna put him in carbon freeze right. and go take take him to whoever paid for me mm-hmm. to grab him and get the money and repeat. Right. That's my life. And now I've got this little child who I find like you know same way he was found he's a mm-hmm. fa- you know Mandalorian was he's a foundling mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so Grogu is a foundling he's like well now I've got to protect this thing I've mm-hmm. got to like and he gets attached mm-hmm. over time with the show so and, it his, char- and his character changes he starts changing he right. starts changing mm-hmm. his own personal creed and how mm-hmm. he moves through the universe because right. like can't, yeah. take, t- can't take my helmet off Right. You know, can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. It's just like, you know. I love how you talked about, I don't mean to jump on, forgive me, we just haven't talked about this for a second, is I love how you talked about how you were annoyed at first when he had to take yes. the helmet off the first time. And I was wrong. But you realized, I was and wrong. you counted it in threes. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I was, I was wrong. That was brilliant. I was, was so brilliant. wrong. Yeah. First time, I was like, what are they doing? They're ruining the show! Right. God damn it! I'll give you, I'll give you a weird analogy, <laughs> and I know, I know we're going to talk about features on this mm-hmm. episode, but it reminds me of killing eve Mm. in that you get obsessed or you get this weird relationship with the person you're supposed to be taking out Mm. everything Mm. changes and so it's really you're not just watching the action you're watching how the different relationship informs how they interact with each other Mm. well you know lanelle really captured that i I think what's interesting is about what you're saying about the the emotional arc of the character because mm-hmm. one of the things I think a lot of people get caught up in when they're when they're writing TV shows like on spec you know right. I mean, I'm trying to get on a show whatever they're writing their pilot they're, try, they're, they're worrying a lot about like what the action that's happening yep you mm-hmm. know plot and like I think that like one of the coolest things that I learned when we were breaking episodes of the yet to be named 60 show 60 weeks um, of a show you're on yeah I'm <laughs> done now three, three I, seasons as I said I'm done now um, is that you know like on the whiteboard we would find like the moments in every act and say here's all the emotional turns into act and then someone would pitch out like something that could happen for that right. you know like like <clears> some, <throat> something like uh, something like plot wise you know and that stuff would constantly have to be changing and adjusted based upon like 
budget and shit like that oh, and yeah, like all this kinds of craziness and it just it just it and what it, it did is it just showed me that you find those the story will work if you know the you know if you, if you know the emotional math of it and mm-hmm. everything else is is fungible because right. you're gonna change it you know because I, I remember we came up with cool ass shit and we were like can't afford it wow <laughs> on your job on my show Jesus can't Christ. afford shit um <clears throat> and then we'd be like okay so what's the so so what's the next version we can do like on our sets and blah 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 mm-hmm. and then it, and, and 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 then it'd be more of like we can't afford to do that on the sets because you want to use effects so how do we do even you know just constantly switching around what it had to be mm-hmm. but the emotional point stayed the same right so the anchor point was the same all the time right and that's what i think is was interesting about what you're saying now about the show about the guy and and then you and when you watch it in succession mm-hmm. then you kind of see these things like a lot more um uh are the more apparent to you, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I was talking to somebody today about like what's the 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 allure of these these shows, these uh, these ten episode series kind of things, you know. I said, I said it's, it's like it's like it's like reading a book, mm-hmm. you know. It's mm-hmm. really they like, have an act yeah, one, act two, and mm-hmm. three. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but in terms of like the density of the story, right. would be like reading a book, and and you know what, and if you think about, you know, it doesn't matter like what speed that you can read something. Mm-hmm. If you pick up an audio book, it tells you, hey, this book is told in three hours. Yeah. You can slow it down, you can you, speed it up. You but can do but it's letting you know that, hey, like, like you know, like this book, if you if you actually think about it yourself, you should be able to read it in three hours. Got it. So can you mm-hmm. find those three hours to block out and you get all this story, mm-hmm. you know? And what we're doing is going, here's 10 hours. I mean, and there are some books, like that one thing that Jamaican thing we were talking mm-hmm. about, like that's like a 10 hour book to Three read. Yeah. So, so, and so that's like watching a 10 hours of television, you know? And you, and you get that density of story and that's mm-hmm. what's interesting but what you're saying about you're just like you're watching this guy transform and it's you know I, I you know the foundling thing mm-hmm. I, I, how that's it's interesting how there's still, it mirrors him it mirrors his own him life. It, yep. in the flashbacks that he's yep. getting when he's getting rescued mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. he, and he's rescuing the kid from that little and it was thing. a more elegant way to get a character's backstory because the right. guy kind of shows up yeah. and we don't know like who's this guy he's not Boba Fett because everyone's just so damn obsessed with Boba Fett <laughs> for whatever reason fanboys let it go <laughs> he's not that you, good of a character. He's not. He's not. He got killed so far. You know what? Here, here's the thing. Here's, here, here's why there was hype around Boba Fett, apparently. I, 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 this is what I've been told. That between Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, so between 1977 and 1980, mm-hmm. the Kenner Toy Line did this thing where it's like, here's a character you could, if you buy enough of these other toys, right. you could send in to get right. Boba Fett. And right. it was like, ooh, who's Boba Fett? What a, a mis- was a, what a mystery. <laughs> who's this guy? Right. Oh, a bounty right. hunter. Oh, he's going to be in Empire Strikes Back. So when he shows up in Empire Strikes Back, all the fanboys who have like collected all these Kenner toys and cards and mm-hmm. receipts and sold their mothers <laughs> to try and get this thing, <laughs> they're like, oh my God, he's here. He's awesome. Whoa, whoa. And he's, he's standing around. The mystique and aura of Boba Fett. Okay, it's, it's what you're saying is true, but there's a nuance to that. It's not that you. Is that that when you buy those Star Wars action figures on the back, there'd be a, there'd be like a little kind of like there's like a dossier card like yeah. of them. And the thing is, you got to get all of them. It's like it's not all, it's, and they even had a carrying no, case yeah, apparently. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's not all of them. It's 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 that there was there's a special code kind of thing you needed. So okay. so if you went, so so you so you couldn't go and look at the back, you know, like of a box and go, oh, I'll go to the store and just buy these five and I got it. Right. It was it was kind of like you know it was it was like it was like a beanie baby craze. Beanie baby thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
you know, so you like get, a so scavenger you, hunt. Or you, know, so you get there and you go and you go. Oh, I just bought. I bought the Luke and the Chewie and the Han t- toys and there's and Leia. No, don't forget Leia. Leia you know, the Ewok. And, and, no, they didn't have. Oh, that's right. It's before the Ewoks, right? Right, right. You know, and you, and you go. Oh, but the back of the box didn't have the you know like the final five that I need. Mm. So you have to go back to the store and keep buying more, or you have to go buy the Falcon toy, or you did, you, know, you buy all these things, and that's why. It was, and it, make your parents broke. Yeah. Yeah. Make your parents broke. Now the thing that was. That's what a lot of people hung up on with. <clears throat> but on a business wise oh genius what was really live was mm-hmm. Lucas owned all the plush rights on that yep. shit ah. so yep. he was making money not Fox and shit like that he really? was making the yes. money Smart. Because they didn't believe in Star That's Wars. Right. When he first made That's the movie, right. they, they said, were like, "Okay, then give me the rights. Give me the rights. This, get, okay. this, this yeah. side stuff just that y'all don't care about because you didn't think this was going to be anything, right? right? Mm-hmm. So what that's what we're Oh, just just agreeing. I remember. Were you one about? You, were you one the ones getting the toys? Well, you took it back with Kenner, so <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, I wasn't one of the ones getting it. Like it was Kenner, right? It was know, Kenner. Okay. Like my mom was not buying me a Millennium Falcon <laughs> to fly them action figures around in. But I do remember you learn about George Lucas and how he was able to easily negotiate those rights because. Mm-hmm. As Linnell said, they didn't believe it was going to be anything, and they still regret that. Mm -hmm. And now we as writers will never get those rights, because they know now, like, Mm -hmm. you're not getting that stuff. So we can... Unless you have, like, some IP ahead of time that you own. Yeah. Like a comic book you own. They're never doing that kind of deal again, ever. Mm -hmm. Because they saw how much Lucas made off... He's still making money. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, So let's jump into some shit. Um, No, 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 this is good. No, no, no. I was just clearing my throat. I wasn't oh. targeted. <laughs> I thought she was like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about some movies. Mm-hmm. Um, we can talk about some we liked and some that we were like, hmm, about. I'm okay with that. Um, let's just start, since we started, mm-hmm. talking about West Side Story. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you something. <clears throat> so Speaking of something you're passionate about. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. very passionate about this. Uh, so much so that during the... Here's something interesting. This is funny. During the Oscars of last year... When Spielberg, you know, showed the first trailer, my husband had gotten up to go to, to the to the kitchen to get something, and the commercial came on, right? And it came on, and it was the 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 rumble, and they were the the lights, and the they were the shadows, and I went <sighs> and just started bawling, mm-hmm. like full on, mm-hmm. uh, like that mm-hmm. bawling, and my husband ran in the room like, "What's going on?" And I'm like. What's that story? <laughs> like a total little baby. So, what happened was, when I was 15, I think it was, I did West Side Story, right? At the, uh, the Palo Alto. Who did you play? Um, I played Anxious um, from um, uh, one of the sharks, right? So, I did the show for six months. This is a show. Remember I tell you about how sometimes um, actors or dancers or whatever have that moment? It's where I learned to have my moment. Mm. I learned how to really be committed to a character. I learned how to really dance my ass off because we, we, we literally pulled from the movie, right, and did the choreography mm. that they did at the show. And, and that's the, not an easy oh, it was, show. It was, to, it was, yeah. You got to be yeah. able to dance yeah. your yeah. butt off. Yeah. You can't fake that. <clears throat> exactly. And so, and I was a dance captain also. <laughs> so I really learned how to do this show. So anyway, but it goes back even further with me. You guys know I was part of a gang when I was a kid and all that. So this movie is the first movie I ever recorded by myself and watched every damn day and practiced the choreography. I was just 
enthralled with how they dance or whatever but and I had a little crush on Tony and shut up Melina that was me that was that was me that was Sharice over there <laughs> so here's what I was getting to so at the end when Chino shoots um, Tony there's every single night for six months she sings in like this high falsetto she sings tonight again back to him Mm-hmm. And it is the most beautiful thing. Every night, I'd be bawling for six months. So when we went to see the movie, I was sitting there dreading this moment to come. I knew it was kind of... You had and an attachment. Came, and I was just out of control, like fighting. I got a headache. I was holding back, crying so hard. You know what I mean? It just moved me. For me, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was a great yeah. movie. I saw the Chinese theater. You know, it's interesting, when I was driving up there, I was going, man, how many times have I been to an opening night <clears throat> yeah. at the Chinese theater? Like, and it's, and I was like, it never disappoints me when I mm. go to that theater. And I watched this movie. Was it a good crowd in this? That's the thing, too. You know, what's, what's interesting about watching a movie is what you never get at home. Is like, motherfuckers are clapping at the end of every number. Mm. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> clapping <laughs> and applauding <laughs> and screaming yeah, about yeah, shit. Yeah. I'm like, God, you know, because he does this in the interesting where, you know, like, it, it, it will end and it will kind of drop the block. Like, here's the curtain, mm-hmm. you know, to, to give the yeah, audience. He, he, he had sequences. Yeah, yeah so, so, so the audience has a chance <clears throat> to react to right. stuff. Because um, he was like, well, yeah, they're, yeah, they're going to do that. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know what? There's very few movies that you see that now. Mm-hmm. You know, people clap at shit. I mean, like every once in a while, you'll see it, um, you know, around this kind of year. If we were still going to like screenings, you'd go and maybe there'd be a great yeah. performance or someone would do something yeah. and they'd be like, fuck, like that's. I remember being at the Writers Guild and, and of course, Room for the Writers, <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road, the opening oh, yeah. sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once, they, once, they, once they grab Hardy yeah. and put some sort of, I don't know, mask on or whatever, mm-hmm. people were clapping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that entire opening oh, sequence. Yeah, people were like, oh, we respect like, like how much yeah, this. How much, yeah. 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 You yeah. know, I mean, it, and obviously you watch it at your home when you, your friends are involved, you might. Uh, uh, feel feel the same thrill, mm-hmm. but you're not gonna have the audience like clapping for you know right. clapping at everything. You know, I, I was I was I was a little concerned if people were gonna be singing the songs like in the audience. <laughs> you know, no, I didn't get any of that. Saying a midnight yeah. screen and sing along yeah. type yeah. But, but you never know. Yeah, it's it's you not know. Rocky Horror. But you don't know. <laughs> right, you know, right. A movie like this. You know, it's so it's so in the culture. It could have been. It could have been. been. Yeah, easily. Sure. It's a been. different generation now. Well, no, no, because I'll tell you why. Because when I was in the candy line, mm-hmm. motherfuckers were humming songs from the thing. I was like, are these motherfuckers gonna suck the thing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet. I bet there weren't any kids. No, humming no kids. Now maybe no kids. three, or four, or five months from now. Kids and younger yeah. people will be doing that. Just like I was definitely over time. We I was want, definitely we don't want it to go into frozen kind of, yeah, territory because that gets annoying. Yeah, I was it definitely I was definitely the youngest person in the audience that I saw. Mm. It was full of people older than me. Okay, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I saw. I mean, it was there was. I, th- I think it was a good maybe. I think that you know, at nineteen. You know. Everyone saw me over thirty-five <laughs> who I saw, and, and you know, like, mm-hmm. like buying tickets. And uh, yeah. but I said to myself, but you know what? I mean, now we know full well. The I think the mistake the movie industry is in now is they spent the last 35, 40 years, or I'm forty-five, fifty, <clears throat> almost fifty years, aiming everything at yep. the young audience yep. in response to Jaws. Yep. And so they don't think about making movies for adults really anymore. Mm-hmm. And now the young audience, so that's people under 30, actually don't even go to the movies anymore. 
Yeah. So it's kind of like you know you're kind of like who's this movie like aim for, and should kids see it? Yeah, they'd love it. I think they'd oh, love yeah. it. I think that the people who would actually go see it, you know, are ones who are fans of the musical of the original film of, you know, like this kind of cinema. They know it's not going to be filled with any like violence. There is just only a little bit and everything like that. I mean, look, it's it's an amazing work. I think there's so much pressure on anybody. I think, look, this is one of the few, like, like this is the few uh, remakes <clears throat> that he's not really, like, trying to do, like, a reinterpret, you know, he's not trying to do a reinterpretation of the story. Because mm. you look at something like Ocean's Eleven, right. the first one, and, and then the Soderbergh one, it's mm-hmm. like a wild mm-hmm. different type of story, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And Characters yeah, are a little different. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, it's, it's, it's just <clears throat> totally different. And I right. think that, that anytime you do a remake, you kind of have to say, how do I do this in his own way? Mm-hmm. And I feel like he was like, the story works so strongly as is. I don't need to do too much. He I mean, just layered in a like, couple. Like, 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 like he deepened the characters, yeah. but he didn't like change anything and make anybody different or, or, well, this is the thing I don't remember. What's that? There's the woman in the thing who's non-binary. The right? woman in the thing. Oh yeah, no, she, that's anybody. She's been in there. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, but yeah. it, but I, they just made her more. Yeah, like, it was, yeah, it was yeah. very apparent. Yeah. You know, like early on, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, she choice. did all that yeah. in the original movie too. Um, they just they stayed on her more. Yeah, in this one. Yeah, yeah, which I thought was great. I mean, yeah. I think that was great that he did too. Is that you know, there's no. This is I think it was great too. Is that there's no subtitling of the Spanish. Yeah, you know. Oh, I, fantastic. Oh, I yeah. was I was annoyed at first. I was going, how am I? And I went, oh, it's oh, intentional. Yeah, it's totally intentional. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Okay, I'm gonna watch it because it's you know you know you guys. We I'll talk, go again if you want we'll to talk. Again. Well, I don't know. I don't. Know. <laughs> we'll see. No, I, but, right? but but the thing about it is, it's the thing that it's the thing that like is really interesting about human emotions. You mm-hmm. don't need to know the exact language they're saying yeah. by you understand what they're doing physically yeah. I, mean, I mean people say all the time oh communication is like body language mm-hmm. 80% body language and you like get it you know you get it all those scenes but see that's what I thought because we, we know we heard um, Spielberg and what's the guy who wrote it I forget his name off the top uh, of my head. Tony Kushner Kushner that they went to, to um, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. talked to a lot mm-hmm. of people and I wonder if that's one of the things they said and and they heard and just witnessed they would jump in and out of speaking Spanish and, back and, and, forth. and they were like yeah. oh it's more natural to just yeah, let just, them whatever just, just so mm-hmm. I felt like that's yeah. something they mm-hmm. might have gained yeah, so that's good choice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because good you know because you know because like it's almost like half the sentence is in English and, and then and then half of it in Spanish or or Maybe like five senses in English, right. and then the last point is in, <clears throat> is in Spanish. I mean, it was, it was interesting the way they did that. It's interesting to cast that way too, because you get people who aren't just like. I mean, like like they have to be so good at knowing how to like do both languages and. Oh yeah. And they have to be that, fluent. You have to yeah. be fluent, but yeah. you have to be able to act fluently too. Right. Because right. there's a lot of people who know who there's, there's you know there's a bunch of actresses and stuff like that you know when they come over here from Europe and. And the way they learn the lines, they have to learn it in a different way than the way they sure. learn the lines to act. You know, you know, because 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 they're like, okay, so where does the the emphasis go on mm-hmm. what syllable and things like? Because they're not that like they're not that enmeshed in the language. And that's why that was a really interesting choice. The thing too I was telling you before is you know um, the cinematographer like Kaminsky, like he does wow. this thing where he uses all those kind of like those old lighting techniques from the 50s and everything like that to give you this kind of like 
this look where there's up there's the it's it's not like a movie now where everything has got like a wash of orange mm. or a wash of green and it's then it's so like and it's just tinted and like this it's tinted in green like in fucking King Richard mm-hmm. which we'll talk about later but <laughs> um, <laughs> but 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 it's, it's interesting how how the you know I I think that <clears throat> most people don't do nowadays is they don't use white light mm. you know like mm. it's lit with all these colored mm-hmm. shit and they mm-hmm. and they match mm-hmm. it around. But he did this thing like it was like an older film, right. but it didn't feel like an older movie in terms of like it's like it was too strong. Right. It was a really really great way to, for him to be able to figure out a way to make it look modern, but an excellent homage to like the old you know techniques and style. And then again, you know, and as is Spielberg's you know like great ability to make the camera as fluid as fucking possible, you're like God damn dude, like I you like you always marvel at that. Regards of anything else about it. Hashtag work. Tony and Maria with the lighting. Well, yeah. I, I mean, damn. I'm going to say this. I'm going in pretty cold to okay, watch this thing. Fair. And that's that's kind of been my MO with a lot of stuff because mm-hmm. I, you know, there's so much on social media and there's so much more information that we have access to yeah. about who's in it, who's directing it, who's doing And so I have found myself pulling back this past year and a half or okay. so. Like, I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. I just want to walk in and just see whatever's presented before me That's and not true. have all this like background yeah. like oh well you for know sure. the director said sure. some stuff sure. off, you know like <laughs> I don't need all that I don't oh you know the two actors didn't get along like I don't right. I don't, I don't, don't want to see your I, Instagram I, I, I don't want to see hard to enjoy the piece with all this yeah I don't want the background I mean I mean yeah you know I don't I see movies based upon who's behind it, like who the who mm-hmm. the people are doing it. But I don't want to know anything about it if I if it's a movie I want to see. Yeah, totally you, don't, you don't even like trailers and shit. Like, I don't because yeah. because I totally agree with you about like it's too much information. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think you know what's interesting that 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 number at the dance when they first meet at the dance and they're behind the bleachers like mm-hmm. that was a little different than in the movie. Bam, 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 yeah, bam, 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 bam. it's it's it's. So, <laughs> I was like this guy. What he's doing, and and plus the and plus the dance, like the mambo dance, right. was like so kinetic. But you're like, well, that's him, mm-hmm. you know. And it's interesting to see to see a guy who's got that much like like ability to to place the camera in ways where you know there's not a lot of cuts in the movie because he doesn't like to do a lot of cuts, and which is interesting to in in terms of doing like something that's a musical. That keep, is one thing I love about to, him to keep the rhythm of it all. Like he, it's yeah. all he, it's he, all in he, camera he, in a way. He it's loves just, a long. He stays while. on yeah. you for a yeah. while. He doesn't yeah. always have yeah. to go. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. well, he knows how to block scenes. Right. Yeah. yeah, you can go back and see, look, go back and watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's oh, some yeah. scenes where he's just blocking the actors, just, and it's all a one Yeah, he's moving the dolly, and it, and the dolly's like, or actually the on the dolly, the camera's tilting up, panning, whatever. Mm-hmm. He he does he's, these. He's, he did in Jaws too. Like, he's, he's go back lot, and look at some of his old stuff. He, he, there's a lot of crane stuff in this one. Yeah, everything. He's so good at that. He's so good at that. And it's it's interesting that you know you watch a lot of other films, and then also me now coming off a television show where it's all designed in cuts. Right. Mm-hmm. You know that you mm-hmm. go, oh, this is why this guy is like masterful mm-hmm. in a degree. Well, he's that, got more time. He does have way, way more time. Oh, yeah. way, I way mean, more you're time. doing a TV way, show; it's about like we got to make the day, <laughs> yeah, and 130 million dollars to make it. But here's the thing too about this movie: they were saying this is the most expensive movie he's done in his career. When? Yeah. Really? Yeah. This costs more Adjusted than that. Adjusted for inflation or, or the, what? It costs more than... I'm, I'm sorry, Detroit. The, the, it costs more Park? than... Yeah. Really? Yeah. And, and, and what's the one I'm thinking about? The one with Ready Player One? More than that? 
if you adjust for inflation, no, no, I think no, that's no, probably no, 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 because the th- okay, Solanello's the thing point. about him is is that he's known for being uh, doing his mo- his first two movies, no, his his second his second and third movie went wildly over budget, you know, okay. still, but you know, but you know, twenty five million dollars whatever for Jaws, mm-hmm. I think thirty five million dollars for Close Encounters, something like okay. that, which was just obscene. And then when he wanted to do Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was it was what's his name? Uh, George Lucas with him were going out town pitching the movie, and everyone was like, "Not with him." He goes, "Of course, all the time, I'm not gonna do it with him." Right. So he was like, "What?" So he, so he's like, "Okay, look, here's the buzz on this. We'll do it for like 24. If you can do it on, if you can do it for this amount of money, mm. then then do the movie. But you, mm. but to be no overages. Right. And so then he went in and was like, "How can I do this movie the way that I want to do it?" And you remember when he did Duel, he didn't have any money. So then. So he was kind of like he came in under schedule. A lot of times he comes in under schedule. I heard that on, on yeah. his movies. But this movie they said was like a hundred or hundred thirty five million dollars, which is probably the most expensive. They've said it's the most expensive he's done because he because he knows how to keep movies low. Like right. there was a story I remember when he did when he was prepping, um, Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. They were saying oh sixty million dollars, sixty million dollar movie. Oh he's like fuck. Okay whatever we're gonna do sixty million dollars. And then the English Patient came out and it was mm-hmm. like twenty five and he was like. I don't want to do this, you know, like for more than forty-five. Really? For for uh, for, for Saving Private Ryan. So mm. he said he said you got to make it work for forty-five. Interesting. You know, and then and then he adjusted to make okay. it, and, hmm. and then it's still hmm. a fucking it's genius amazing. movie. You know, yeah. because he like he's he understands the planning and how to do shit in a way that I guess most. I mean, because he because he learned from that thing where, where he was like, oh, my career is in way big jeopardy. Mm-hmm. That if I don't do something, I really want to do with my boy yeah. who's going to bat for me. Then it's gonna make him look bad too. Whereas a lot of people who do some big movie, fuck it up, and like I can't go down. Right. I can't go down. I mean, same thing happened with Stanley Kubrick. When Stanley Kubrick did uh, 2001, mm-hmm. he went over budget and it didn't do well when it came out. And they were like, they were like, no more movies for you, dude. And then he was like, but I want to do Clockwork Orange. I'm like, if you knew for like 10, mm. and he just spent 60, he was mm. like, I, I'll do it for 10, mm. you know. And then and and then you kind of like change how people look at you because you're like. You get this person where you're a big person, and then you like, I can't step back. You know, so that's your ego. It's your ego. That's your ego. It's totally. It's, it's, it'll it'll it's, mess with you every time. Yeah, time. Let that go. So your ego. Yeah. I can't step back. It, ne- it never stops. Yeah, so yeah. Right. You got to control but that. These smart guys. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, I still want to work, mm-hmm. and yeah. I know how to do it cheap because I get I, I get hella back in anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. The thing is, I can mm. do it cheap because I did it cheap before. Right. It's not like I didn't know how to do it cheap. Yeah, that's um. So yeah. So I I don't know. That's why you keep going. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll jump in before uh, King Richard um, thought about it as we were talking feature wise I enjoyed um, Without Remorse with Michael B. Jordan mm-hmm. it was on Amazon mm-hmm. straightforward action movie it's not going to change the world yeah. but well done fairly smart Action this story. Is the one he was in the military? Yeah. And, yeah. The, and yeah. there's something like the wife and the, he's got yes. a kid on the way? No, no, yeah. no. That's, that's the new one. That's the oh, new, new one. one. That's the new that's one. I just uh, watched it. Oh, okay. Just, What's yeah. the name? Something for uh, Jordan. Yeah, I let uh, for Journal, uh, okay. Journal for Jordan. Journal, Journal for Jordan. Okay, got yeah. it. I'm getting them mixed up. Because I'm, I'm interviewing Virgil next week. Cool. For them, yeah. For oh, the no, Writers no, Guild. No, no, but no, but. But he's a wife and child in without remorse. Oh, he's he's also like killed. a military guy. Okay. Yeah, so kind of similar. Like a revenge so movie or something. For that one, yeah. Kill my wife Good and child, movie. and now I'm angry and I want revenge. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Chris spoiled We've it a never little seen bit. That. Do something else. But, but a well done. It's a little bit tropey in terms of that storyline for sure, but it's well done. So there's that one worth worth God. still worth your time. 
No, I, I'm, um, gonna, I'm gonna disagree on that one. <laughs> the Many Saints of Newark was a big I deal. I would say. What was that one about? This is the Sopranos prequel. Oh, prequel. I forgot about that one. Um, yeah, yeah. Great performances. It looked great. The way mm-hmm. it was shot was great. It might even be Chris Derrick approved oh. cinematography-wise. I okay. I but but I the story it. leaves a lot to be desired okay. for me. I, I mean, so, to me, fair I, look, I mean, look, I like the Sopranos. I don't like seeing prequels because I'm like, God damn it. No one's going to die. Right. Uh, right. There's no mm. drama. That's the, the fundamental prequel. problem you keep having with the Black Widow movie the solo movie is we know where these characters end up now you're trying to show yeah, me a prequel the, there's nothing the story there's nothing needs there for to me. be stronger and you can't lean too much on you can't threaten anybody. this other background right. like, we know they live or, or whatever through IP this so story. there's no there's no stakes but the stakes right off the top are like no nah. doubt you can judge for yourself but mm-hmm. when we since we started with a musical i really have to give it up for in the heights um but an interesting conversation I had this year because we know Lin Manuel Miranda mm-hmm. was criticized um, rather harshly, in my view, but criticized for not having enough dark skinned Latinos mm-hmm. and uh, Dominicans, in particular, you right. know, Dominican New Yorkers, not enough dark skinned Dominicans in lead roles. In the in the film, yeah. and so he had him as dancers in the background. They came for him. <laughs> yeah. They came for the director. The director's name is escaping me. Oh, He's an Asian guy. He's Asian. Oh, uh, uh, it's terrible. Yeah, that's horrible. I uh, but I got look. So it. he got a lot of harsh criticism on some outlets who really were building up their audience and their likes by having him on the show, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, my wife was kind of like, well, you know, somebody needs to, he needs to be held accountable. And if, if they don't say anything, they're not going to address these. I was like, I get that. So what was Lin-Manuel's reaction when he got the Twitter? He was, you know, he was very feedback. humble. He said, you know. John Chu. I, I hear that. you. Yes, John Chu was the director. Yes. He said, Not to be confused with John you. Cho. Right. He took accountability <laughs> okay. for that flaw and not mm-hmm. doing it. It's yeah. like, I need to do better. He basically did a mea culpa like immediately <laughs> but these folks were very angry with him and and John Chu and I said well I get that you have to raise it but if you really are suggesting that Lin-Manuel is an is not an ally and John Chu is not an ally they're also mad because they didn't have a Hispanic or Dominican directing I guess right. and so now Instead of reaching out to him directly, you you think if you had reached out to him, he wouldn't have taken the call? Like, but you take this criticism online in public, you put him on blast, Mm -hmm. and this movie, which was fantastic in my view, suffers as a result of your criticism. So it's like, okay, you got it off and you've got the conversation in the public square now, but you've hurt an ally and someone who can. Well, I don't think Lin Manuel's going to be too hurt by his career. Well, doing, doing well he's fine. he's not hurt. They're, they're not hurt he, personally. No, the or film, not hurt the professionally. Movie, but the movie. But, 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 but well, the in movie, terms of but, an but ally, movie, I don't. I don't think the movie. You know, the people that want to see the movie, we're going to see the movie regardless of whether there were Afro Latinx people in it or not. It's just right. that type of movie. It, right. So, so the Twitter, sure? the Twitter bullshit that goes on, I don't think affects the box office well, as I, much as I like think, to think it does. I think what, there's a lot of. You can have the conversations. I'm very big. I say all the time, it's not what you say and how you say it. 
Mm-hmm. And I just don't believe that had they reached out to either of them directly or the people, they couldn't have affected that conversation. But no, I think no. they got off on kind of putting them on blast in public and you know yeah, being that's, angry that's, that's, and that's, that's the social media kind of clickbait. That's, that's what is yeah, going people, on. Did, well, here's, here's the thing that's interesting too, though. You know, like you meet certain certain Asian people will tell you there is like like. There's colorism in with 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 people it, like who are in East Asia. Like, oh, for sure. Like they there's don't, colorism all over the world. All, all Every culture world. has colorism. They all have it. Right. So you look at this guy John Chu, and it's like John Chu and like Lin Miranda are on the like because they're both light skinned. They're on the upper edge of that, so they don't you know think about the other stuff as it's not it's not an immediate right. thing for them because right. they're benefiting in a different way. Yeah, and they acknowledge know? that, and that's what's like I get it. But what is it that you would like them to do in response to that? Are well, they supposed to not take advantage of opportunities? No, I think it's all, all people want to see like, is like the want? accountability tweet is what they want. Yeah. They just want to say, oh, you're right. I was wrong. We we effed up. Mm-hmm. We'll do better yeah. next time. And I think he did that. He, he did, did that. do that. Who's the person? Uh, don't say the name. But didn't we didn't we hear someone say they wanted to do a movie or a TV show that had no light skinned blacks in it? Didn't we? We did, hear that stuff hear all the time. time. So, you and I hear that stuff all the time. <laughs> Chris and Linnell are fair skinned. <laughs> okay, if anybody in the audience doesn't know, <laughs> but it's that's the light skin community in a forum. I was like, "Y'all gonna say that? Wow!" On a panel, on a panel, <laughs> on a panel. We're sort of a panel while we're sitting there. Yeah, wow. like, goddamn jokes. I guess <laughs> jokes aside, put you. It's sad. Never hire box, right? Because I could have you. you it's know. sad when people's personal issues kind of come out in those spaces, For sure. and that's For clearly sure. like they just had an issue. Well, Something happened to them as a kid. And he's still mad about it. Yeah. Well, speaking of, you know, you had some people had issues with the creators of In the Heights. So I want to pivot to King Richard. Okay. All right. Because this is somewhat related. Mm-hmm. Um, as you y'all know, if you listen to this podcast, I'm a tennis freak. Like, freak. Watching all the tournaments all year Going long. I own, ten, I own ten, yeah. I, I'm on Tennis Channel. I'm on bootleg tennis sites i'm on like i'm everywhere i go to the tournaments i'm obsessed right so so big fan and i was a little apprehensive about this movie when i first heard about it because i said okay you're gonna make a movie about the dad Uh, okay uh i don't really understand and then i saw the trailer and it was a little bit too much Negro lip quiver going on in the trailer for me, like make you proud. I was like, oh stop, because you know if we, we got to have it on the plantation, then we got to have it on tennis court. We got to always have the lip quiver. Stop, stop. I can't. So I was concerned. But then I went and saw the movie, and I went over to um, the Warner Brothers lot to see it. Beautiful screen, mm-hmm. large, great sound. Is it screening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to wear your mask, but you know it's I didn't get beautiful. You probably been too busy. You got to you gotta check wait. your mail and I stuff. Yeah, yeah, well, it, it comes mm-hmm. it comes in the email. You know, they send you the email, the email yeah. for your consideration, yeah. and they'll put you the screenplay, but then you click to the site, and they'll tell you when. Right. So, because you could have seen Dune again on the Warner Bros. lot yeah. if you wanted. Well, to. it wasn't the IMAX, so I didn't want to go see. Okay, it. fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Anyway, so I I see the movie, and I I really like the movie. Um, I, of course, know Venus and Serena's story really well, or at least the version that they want out there. Okay. Because there's also a documentary that they did back in like 2011. Yeah, that was good. 
Well, no, there's, there's one that they didn't back. Unauthorized. Unauthorized. Oh, I'm thinking and, about the one where she was pregnant. This, no, that, no, no, that, that, not that one. That one. Okay. Um, um, yeah. She funded. Yeah. There was one that they were both in, I think it was like 2011 or maybe 2013. Mm-hmm. It's called Venus and Serena. It's kind of hard to find because they mm-hmm. did not back it because there was stuff in it that they just didn't like okay. to want people to know or see. And, and part of that was how much some of these white coaches actually helped them as opposed to their dad. This movie does a good job of balancing mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. I think, saying like, okay, Richard got on a certain point, but then they yeah. had to go over and deal with these yeah. guys in Florida. You know, yeah, I thought that big, was clear. With these that big academies clear. and whatnot. Yeah. I really like the movie giving Venus her due. Mm-hmm. People forget about Venus. Yep. Why, I don't know. Yeah, it was mostly don't focused forget, on her. Don't forget about six foot one woman with a big right. serve. Don't forget, ever, <laughs> in your <laughs> life. No, but, okay, look, so this is this thing's interesting, right? So I'm watching the movie. I really enjoy the movie. Don't have to wear a shot, but I, <laughs> but I like the movie a lot. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because the way that, because it's like, I remember when all this was happening. Mm-hmm. I remember every moment this was happening, but I just kind of forget about it, kind of like the OJ thing or the Laker thing coming on. Right. So it's like, oh, yeah. And the thing is, is that, you know, Venus like hit the scene first, mm-hmm. shocked the fuck out of mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think the only thing was Serena surpassed her in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, like but it was later in the in career. In terms of numbers. It's just a numbers, yeah. Her. Yeah. You know But the person who went and got equal prize money for women, which affects the whole, the whole goddamn the tour, was, was Venus. Yeah. yeah. Venus went to Wimbledon and said, People are coming to see me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm winning Wimbledon like every year. This is when she was like on a roll. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna come if you don't pay the women the same as you pay the men. It was a big deal back in the late she 90s. Changed the she, changed she changed the game. She changed the game. People don't wanna talk game. about that. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes these GOAT conversations get, get boiled down to, again, you know, nerd boys wanna look at data. Right. Oh, he has this many wins, or she has this many wins, this Stats many championships. And, shit. and for me, a GOAT yeah. conversation is about, well, how did you change the game overall? This is why yeah. Federer will always be my GOAT. Right. Somebody else might win more Grand Slams than him, but he elevated the game to, like, to where it is now. Right. When you leave a, 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 I don't care if it's art or sport or politics, when you leave a, an, an industry arena, an better arena. than when you found it, that's something to me, right? For sure, so, for sure. Yeah, even though Venus doesn't have as many championships as Serena does, to me, she's my GOAT. But here's, you just said something interesting. There's, we've all seen the movie, right? <clears throat> there's, there's, there's a moment, and this is not a fucking you know, giveaway or whatever, because it's been a while. Now, here's the interesting thing. His fa- her father said, Richard said at one point at the end, she's like, what about me? Mm. Type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, I know I'm all mm-hmm. focused on Venus. Mm-hmm. He said, Venus is going to be the number one whatever. You're going to be the greatest mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, yep. shit. Yep. And that was facts, mm-hmm. right? Um, the other, here's only, the only little problem I have, I actually enjoyed the movie for the most part. I agree, some of the shooting, but, it's not, right? It's not the, no, no, and no. Let no, me no, finish my thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had one question, mm-hmm. they, and maybe I missed it, and maybe I need to read the script, I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Mm-hmm. I missed it. Why did he just focus on the two girls when there were three or four other girls? I'm like, why didn't, and he never said why. Mm-hmm. I thought they were doing other things. I thought they were doing, one was like. One was a little older, I yeah, got that. Yeah, and, and then the other so ones like I felt academic. like had, diff- had more academic interests, like doctors, lawyers, because yeah. when the cops come by, like you're hard on these kids, and they're right. like, yeah, we got future doctors, lawyers, blah, blah, blah. But they came like really late for me. I felt well, like we didn't know. You know oh. Okay, but the, th- the thing is this. You have to say to yourself, this is, this is, this is my take on it, is like, they could have been short too. Not I mean, if you're. If, here's right. the thing about tennis. If you're not as, if you're a man and you're not over six foot, right. it's hard. Actually, if you're not over six two at this point, the game is changing so much. You're right. in trouble. 
You're in trouble. Like, like the quarterbacks are all tall as fuck. Right? Yeah. 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 So the game has right. evolved, you know. So yeah. if you have daughters and they're like they're like five six, uh, mm. but we we oh, also no, know. <laughs> no, no, but the thing is, is is this? It's that not every family, every child in the family has to be an athlete. Is some athlete? Oh, I understand like, that. Like prodigy. I know? really enjoyed I the t- dynamic in that black yeah, family yeah. of seeing like hey, we're focused on a variety yeah. of things. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know why. Yeah. Just, he just oh. didn't tell us until that moment. I think also as as creators. We all know you can't service when you're talking about a true mm. life story. Right, it's based on people who are still around. Things that really happen. You're not always going to be able to service everything. That's fact. And so mm. he had other kids, or they had other children. He mm. had a which past I didn't know, which I didn't know, family life or whatever before they came right. along. And so, do you service that? Do you address it in enough of a way that? You keep the authenticity of the timeline and the story. You can't completely ignore it, obviously. Mm-hmm. So for all we know, that could have been an issue with the execs where they did, where they wanted more or less or vice versa. Um, well, they the, star, and cut it out. the star, uh, you know, Mr. Smith is a big dog. Mm-hmm. So right. if he told them, oh, now we're not doing this, chances oh. are <laughs> they listen to what he was. No so we don't really know. But for me, again, like if you have an, if you're watching a movie, reading a script, like you have an issue with that, that's okay. But we know going in, the story is about how this father it's was determined. This black father yeah. gets these to two make girls something to be out the of these two, two girls. Jordans. Yeah. Right. So I don't know that it's less compelling or less effective story wise. Because you're not seeing enough of this other stuff with his family. Like, look, you, you look, I, look, I, look, I agree with you. I, I mean, to me, I mean, look, you, we were saying offline earlier that people were complaining that the movie is about the dad, and I'm kind of like, you know what, fuck all y'all, because because everyone wants a fucking origin story. Don't know why they do, but they gotta have an origin story. Right. And and if you look at them, their origin is their dad pushed them. Mm-hmm. Their dad pushed them. He, yeah. about the and, whole he, thing. and he did, and he did stuff. He did stuff that was against the grain. Took him out of juniors. Like this is unheard of. They got to play juniors. You no, know, they don't. They're gonna go do this other path. I don't yeah. want them getting burned. Like he was seeing Capriati. Right. Capriati right. ended up being like, mm-hmm. a, you know, her talent never reached its full potential because she got sidelined with some yeah. other drugs and arrests mm-hmm. and yeah. some yeah. other stuff. Yeah. He didn't want that to happen to his girls. Mm-hmm. He's like, I've seen the drugs. Started rebelling. Yeah. Where the movie sort of falls flat for me is where the ending. Because at a certain point, my protagonist is just sort of standing on the sidelines while Venus is out there playing a match. Mm. And he's not really active. And yeah. it's just sort of like, okay. but He lets her is, figure it is, out. This is his movie. And I'm right. like, he's just on the sidelines right. and he's watching her. Right. You know, we know how the match goes. But yeah, so that, that to me was a problem when you, you have him as a protagonist, but he's not the one who's actually going to play well, the match. Well, you, well, see, That's a good point. See, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a good point. It's one of the things where it's kind of like, oh, you didn't need to make the match be there, there you like, go. Uh, as long as it was there because it was good in terms of hey he got to let them you know okay like you know like birds so you got to fly mm-hmm. but that but the that final moment of the third act becomes about what she does and it's I mean look there's an interesting moment are uh, you watch the piece and and he like won't watch it and he's right like, yeah we watch and it a lot of tennis dads mm-hmm. are like yeah, that oh, yeah. I can't be in there and then mm-hmm. he comes out there to mm-hmm. comes out there at the end I was and like if, oh and, and, and he almost he almost sort of resigns to the the fate of it like okay she's not gonna win this one yeah. but she's still changing the game yeah, just right, being right. out here right. with Arancha Sanchez Vicario aka the Bumblebee you know who was you know top of the sport at the yeah, time yeah. Here's where I had a beef at the screening. <clears throat> After the movie rolled, the credits rolled, and I'm like, yeah, it was very well done. Very well done tennis movies. Tennis movies tend to be bad because 
they, they, you can see where they're swapping the double in. Right. That, and the, that, they did that well. Those girls are playing. Yes, those playing. girls are playing. playing. So I, did, I never yeah. was like, oh, the tennis is a little wonky. You right. know, I was like, no, the, these girls are hitting. Cool. We have the Q&A. And the producers come out. Uh-oh. And it's two white guys. Hmm. Who coincidentally hmm. have the same last, <clears throat> last name I do. White, right? <laughs> um, and they're there. And then they bring out the writer. He's white. He's a white guy. Yeah. And they have a black director and, you know, of course, black members of the cast. But I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm feeling some kind of way. It's one of the issues people have with that this Will property it is. Is, is not being shepherded by black creators. I'm sorry. And then I and I'm and I watched the movie and there's a point in the movie where the phrase <laughs> dumb N word is used several times. I was like, you mean to tell me that white boy wrote this? <laughs> or did they bring a black writer in to do a pass on it? And that person's now shoved in the shadows. Or like, what is going on here? Did the director and Will Smith say, hey, write this line in here? Doing I don't that know. Pass, yeah, I, I don't, know, I don't know. But I'm, I'm kind of looking at like white producers and white screenwriters. I'm like, why is this not something organically that we would be involved in? Mm-hmm. From, or is it a matter that they can get the movie made and we can't? I, don't, I, I just felt a certain kind of way. And I don't well, even know how to, I don't even know if there's a, a rational, if I'm even being rational. I'm just sitting here like kind of fuming in my chair well, in the it's, Q&A. It's rational. But, 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 no, you're, that's a good point. <laughs> something, that, something that concerned me too when I was watching it. Something because I'm a credit roll, I was like, who are all these people? You know, and I, but this, this was interesting about them. I think what you're saying is interesting is that it's Will Smith, it, his, I, I guess he changed the name of his company from Overbrook to, to Westbrook. Like, like Westbrook. I know that when it was Overbrook and like, mm-hmm. and like, um, <laughs> Jada's brother was like running the company. Yeah. They weren't really doing shit. Yeah. I heard some horror stories. It's just yeah. awful with the whole mm-hmm. thing with all that. And I was like, you know, I mean, like nothing really. I, I'm sure a project like this came up to them and it got, I mean, like whatever it is, who he had surrounding him and his company mm-hmm. who were black, I don't think that they knew what to do to create anything amazing because they didn't do anything amazing mm-hmm. for the whole time. They're not even amazing, anything good. Because the, the because 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 this is the thing, right before this movie came out, I was having a conversation with someone. And we were talking about Will Smith, and I was like, "What's the last good thing that he pursuit really? of happiness?" No, Ali, for me. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. pursuit know. of happiness for me. Agreed. No, pursuit of happiness was dope. I liked it, but I think that like him doing a great role in a great movie was Ali. And this man has been, and that was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't believe it's been 20 years. He's come, he's been running his whole thing and, and managing him thing. And it's like, where's the great properties because of who he's surrounding himself with? Well, I mean, these, these two white producers were like, We've, we thought of doing this movie back in 2014. We knew we didn't want to do something about, you know, Venus and Serena and how, what was it going to be the end? And then they talked to their screenwriters, and this white guy comes in with the take, which is like, have it be through um, William or um, the father, Richard's eyes, and then focus on those first years of, of Venus hitting the tour and I'm like I could have given you that take yeah, but I was never brought in to give you that take I mean it's a where are y'all looking for writers it's well, an you know age thing. old I mean, look, discussion you know they say I don't know anyone black particularly back right. in the oh, yeah. fucking 15 years 16 oh, yeah. years was no this is 2014 this is 2014 2015 so when they started six, this, this six, ride yeah six years ago this is prior to the damn yeah. we didn't have the black book we yeah. didn't have anything you, you, know, but, <laughs> you well, think these guys are actually looking at the black I mean you know but to Linnell's point like it's still Will Smith there's still only a few you need to ask, big dogs. Yes, but you need to ask yourself how many people who become who who are these black, like high profile people, you know Smith, Denzel, mm-hmm. all, all these kind of people 
who do they hire this black as their writers to who, do projects? Who's their agents? Who's some, their PR rep? Some All do, this, but most of them don't. Some do, some don't. Most don't. But you know, I'm sure you're right. But for us, it's like so we're looking at them, and we're business people. We can't be naive. We have to remember. They can pick and choose who they want. Sure. They don't owe anybody anything, blah, blah, blah. But on the other side of that, you know, for them, they have to understand, like, they can't then be upset if people want to criticize that. And and hold them accountable in public for that. Like just, it goes both ways. I the same issue straight out of Compton, right? When they usually do a story yeah. NWA, and I go to the I go to the movie, don't I get sit me through started. the Q and A, mm-hmm. and I see don't get me white writers sitting up there, and I'm don't like, don't get me oh, started. Uh-huh. And Dr. Dre, like a Will Smith or Denzel, mm-hmm. as someone who can mm-hmm. put in those spaces. Anybody. So what is who the problem? What is the what is it? Us? Is it we're not we're, Every, us as black some writers? Do, we're, not, some we're not good enough, or is it that we're not connecting no, with, all, with the right producers? All what skin folk they're ain't not kin connecting. Folk. They're not connecting because Virgil, mm-hmm. he had been spent years like writing television. Mm-hmm. Didn't really want to do it as long as he's doing all the bullshit, the big fights he got when he was on coming on minds and stuff like that that's, 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 that's the main reason why he was so happy to do Mudbound mm-hmm. and Mudbound was something that he found he spent this time to convince the woman he did all this kind of work like to you know like to, to get that going and and he but he'd been in the game for like 15 years or something like that and he's a great fucking writer mm-hmm. um, and, and, and it wasn't until he gets his Oscar nomination that that's like the stamp you need mm. to be able to do these things mm. and it's like if you're not getting that stamp of something like that, then the agents, the producers aren't—they're not going to know your name, or the or the be in the right agencies who are packaging mm-hmm. the right deals to mm-hmm. go to. Like here, here's one of the rumors I rumor I'm going to say this clearly okay. that I've heard about Will Smith stuff is nine times out of ten the people who write their things are white folks. That's what I've heard. Hmm. Like all of his projects, like if you look at it, it's you can't super even clear. think about. Look, 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 look let me tell you right hmm. now. Like, the, like the, the the time where this kind of like kicked my head. I was like, wait a minute, what did he produce this movie? This bullshit happened. Was when, <laughs> um, in uh, it was, it was I Robot, right? Right. Okay. Uh, this is the classic mistake of why. Oh, it's cool to cast someone black, but uh, but unless you get someone black up in their writing, mm-hmm. fiction, science fiction, piece, you're, you're fucking miss, up. You're, you're fucking up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in I Robot. Story about a private detective who has to solve a murder, and the prime suspect is part of an indentured class robot. Hmm. And I get a black man to be the investigator of the person of the indentured class who's being investigated for murder. It's hmm. like, and, and there's no talk about the ramifications of, oh, I, you know what? Because think about that movie now, right? That, that, that's a movie where. You know, you swap it around. That robot's a black person, mm. and and Will Smith is black, and it's the 1920s, and it's like, oh, he's a black guy. He's trying to deal with the, uh, it's all, all the slavery, the racism, all the kind of stuff should should have come out in that movie. Mm. Like at least like like he should have been aware. His character should have been aware of the fact that like you're treating these robots like slaves, just the way you treat us like slaves. Yes, you know, yes. 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 Look, that's yes. a different movie, but it's, it's interesting. Movie, and it's not yeah. in that yes. movie. And I'm like, oh, yes. fuck that up. It's, and it's right in your face. It's right in your face. Yes. It's right, right in your face. face. 
two, two things. Put, because, well, they do, you're in diversity with the cast, not in the show. <laughs> yeah. You know, that Matt Damon yeah. thing. Uh, you know, here, like, here's what happens. <laughs> yeah. And we, we all know it. Tell them, Joyce. You almost get tired of talking about it. <laughs> there are black folks in this business who believe that if they hire other black folks, particularly in these kinds of roles, they will be perceived somehow as more of a risk or less than, or there's some kind of risk to their career because they'll, there's some fear about being too associated with other black people. Right. And oh my goodness. I have to be the only one. Tell them. So let me make sure hmm. I hire oh. white people and associate the projects I'm working on with white people um, so it's either very few black folks or no black folks. Let's we can all think about. Thank you. Who who has helped us the most and who has okay, look. worked oh, against well, us the okay, most? Okay. <laughs> right. So I'm not even gonna go there. <laughs> no. No. But, but that's an episode we're gonna do one day. But, but go there. Not but, there. But, 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 go there now. But now. Similarly. Now. I want. We can go there now. But I want us. <laughs> I want us. I'm gonna get out my trumpet and let y'all know. I want us to remember and not feel like it's just us. You might remember not long ago, I think it was Showtime, but somebody announced they were doing uh, a biopic about Joan Rivers, and Catherine Hahn was slated to play Joan Rivers. Oh yeah. And Sarah Silverman had a problem with that hire, and she gotten some article and said how come is every, it's okay for everybody else to kind of raise their voice about representation but when we do it somehow is a problem. You mean we as in Jewish people? And okay. Right. Just want to be clear what the we is we're talking about. I'm paraphrasing but that was the spirit of what she was saying. Catherine Hahn has had so many Jewish roles I thought I didn't know she I wasn't she was Jewish. Jewish. Yeah. So she was shortly thereafter removed from that role. Who knows what's going to happen with the project? I'm yeah. sure Melissa Rivers will have, a have something Ridge, to say John Rivers uh, movie, though. But it's, yeah. it's worthy of yeah. fast, everyone's time. Fast forward today. Interestingly, there's an animated Christmas film. I think it's Santa Claus Inc. or something. It's animated. But if you see the ads, Sarah Silverman and Seth Rogen's names are very prominently shown in these ads okay. and I haven't heard anything from anybody with anything to say about the fact that they're Jewish and why they're, Christmas they're involved movie. in this Christmas movie well they write most of the Christmas so it's not just us <laughs> black people yeah, is what yeah. I'm saying yeah yeah no don't no, feel no, like, I, no I don't I don't feel like it's yeah, just yeah. us no. I just feel like when I'm watching a specific I mean, I'm watching a the in, right internal there, workings of a black family right there and I'm with like, you why are we not involved in the producing and writing of this project that's like we you going back to when Hilliard first started the podcast. Mm-hmm. Though that we were having those conversations back then. I mean, look, and we have uh, eight, eight, eight years we ago, have, and we have, and the needle hasn't moved. Okay, yeah. all right. It's, it's, well, it's, 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 I mean, look, I mean, you see projects, and you like. There's a movie that I would love to see. Uh, it's based on a book it's called The Black Count. Black oh Count. yeah, you know. Oh yeah. My my guy, yeah, what's my guy, uh, um, Dumas um, is dead. Yeah, dad. Like, like what's that about? It, okay, shit. So so the guy who wrote Three Musketeers and Count of Monte Cristo, oh, okay. he's black, right? And the movie, the story, it's a book called The Black Count. Mm-hmm. It's about his 
father. Yep. And how his father was this big guy in the French military. All this kind of fencer. Fencer. Hung around with my boy St. George. So it's this whole fucking dope ass story. Yeah. And it's tied up at somewhere with like um, Kerry Joji uh, Fuganawa is attached to direct it. Mm. And I, I'm kind of like, so you got a white Asian guy who's going to direct this black story. Mm-hmm. Can't get any, can't get him removed. And I, now he's on the rights. He's just the attached director. And I'm just kind of like, the fact that you won't get a black person on this, and there's a lot of black directors now who could do this project, but are you afraid? Be, but are you afraid because it's a period piece, and then you're like, oh, what's going to happen? I mean, like, there's so many things that make that make me just, I don't get it. I mean, I understand that that guy he made his name by doing Jane Eyre, but it's like it's a weird thing where it's like, I think what you're saying, Tracy, it's like some there's some weird thing where it's like we can't let too many black people be involved in projects that like aren't solely aimed at the black audience because King Richard's not solely aimed at the mm-hmm, black audience mm-hmm, so they're mm-hmm. like I don't know how many black people we can have on this I, mm-hmm. I mean I mean, I, I'm, it, it feels like that's what they're thinking like right. well there's a black writer and it's a black story but we want everyone to see it maybe it's going to be too black so maybe we better get a white guy being able to write this we gotta so, balance it yeah we, we gotta, gotta balance it we gotta, it. gotta, we gotta make it palatable it. for middle America yeah. it, it could be that yeah you know yeah and it's no, it's no shade to Westbrook or anyone else. I'm forgetting. There was a committee meeting, and I think we had one of oh, the execs from Westbrook. It was mm-hmm. a Zoom meeting. Mm-hmm. So there's no shade to that. And I'm not suggesting it's even everybody. We've had many very good oh, – what's the word I'm looking for? I don't, I don't know if it's <clears throat> conscious, conscientious – there's black people who care about this and they're doing what they can sure. in this space. So it's not everyone. I can only call it how I see it, however. But it also lets and, you know how performative people are in right. like in the wake of the Black Lives Matter thing and, and just, just all this diversity talk is just blah, 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 blah. Put your hand down because I'm tired of it moving because it's just your hand. So it's, it's not even your mouth moving. Most of it has been talked the entire time. Yeah. I'm just tired of it. Somebody can hit me up and let me know if I'm missing something. So, for the next 10 minutes, what what do we plan to do in the Mm. new year? Stay alive. Stay free from COVID. (laughs) And and your family stay free of COVID. Uh You know, our parents stay free of COVID. I would say, well, to Linnell's point, appreciate good health, um, friends and family. Uh, let people know you love them, you care about them. Like nothing is promised. <clears throat> Tomorrow isn't promised. Like you don't don't take those things for granted. Time is That's short. A big I don't know lesson if, for me yeah. in twenty. I don't know if you guys have seen. I mean, just especially amongst black men, mm-hmm. like dying at forty something years old. I mean, and I just I've just seen like several in the news recently. Like right. you know, I'm like, what is well, going it's, on? It's interesting. You know, what's his name died. Um, Craig Tate died the other yeah. day, and yeah. he's like, oh, he's 65, and I was kind of like, yeah, it's actually kind of old for a black man because yeah. they're always dying at like 45, yeah. 50. 65 like, ain't old. You know, I mean, it's not, yeah. but in terms of like, in terms of black men who kind of have some sort of like, you know, like pop culture kind of like, uh, like, like, like some imprint. I mean, because who died this year? Like DMX died, and mm-hmm. all these people hitting like 50 and just died. Boom, yeah. boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom. Okay. Um, Shabadoo, mm-hmm. the guy. Yeah, Shabadoo, yeah. 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 Too we're many, still, we're still too trying many to rappers. Movie about him, by the way. Oh man. Yeah, we're still working on it. Yeah. Oh, speak. I mean, speaking of the just real fast. Uh, I mean, the Joan Rivers thing. So mm-hmm. that project that Catherine Howe was gonna do. 
I'm gonna say I fucked up, right? That script was written on spec, and they didn't get the rights. to it. Okay. 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 They just killed okay. it. Okay. And, and, and okay. then Melissa was like, okay. "Oh, y'all gonna do it like this?" Okay. But I would add for for writers, we always talk about this at the end of the year. We all have to. Well, I think what you want to do is, of course, keep writing, honing your craft, getting better, and learning, and all of that. But I would say, when you do engage with executives, decision makers for the first time, if it's a gig on the line, if it's an opportunity, do your best to make the exchange actionable in some way. So if it's not specific to getting hired or recommendation, how do you make it actionable? You have to say what it is you want. You have to leave the person with some indication of what your interest is, you know, what you would like the relationship to be. You can't just say, well, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. It's nice to meet you. Like right. you, you have start with a warm greeting. Um, we all know we have to sell ourselves well and succinctly and not take a long time to do. It. You got to be quick about it. You got to get to the point. But you also have to clearly articulate kind of what you want, what your goal is and, and, what and you practice that. Yes, in practice. practice. Yes. You know. Well, you know, two things on that. I mean, with every meeting, you've got to have a want. Yeah. You've got to have a want. Exactly. And it's got to be specific <clears throat> to the degree that someone can be like, oh, okay, so I know what you need me to do. Because, like you said, if, to make something actionable, like it can't be a vague, like, hey, I want to write on your network. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I want to write on this specific show. Yeah. Be, and, and, here's and, and here's why. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's a, there was mm -hmm. a tweet that, like, Glenn Lazar put out the other day. He was like, not enough, like, mm -hmm. not enough, like, young writers, you know, practice and think about what they're going to say in the meeting with the showrunners, with the yeah. execs. You got to be clear with that because... And he said, let me just piggyback. He said, I have a meeting next week and I'm working on it right no. now. You know what I mean? Mm, Already planning. Mm, this is Glenn mm. Mazzara. Does he need to practice? Mm. Yeah, still. Yeah, you you already do. Yeah. Yeah, well, your audience changes. So you, you have to practice exactly. for that particular you know, audience. But, but it, yeah. it, it, it was the same audience, different project. They need to know why... Oh, and unless it's your boy who knows mm -hmm. you completely, right. then it's like, you know what? This is why I want to do it now. You know, I mean, you just like it's so critical to be able to know what to ask is and to articulate it. Specificity. Specificity. Right. Yeah. 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 I've, I've, I see that because, you know, you guys know I run a women of color uh, group in the WGA and I see people get on our little Zoom meetups and they'll say, I wanna get staffed or I wanna get a rep. And that's like, that's not a specific goal right. that anyone can really help you with here. You have to say, I want someone who can introduce me to X manager, X agent, X or, or whatever executive at Paramount Plus or whatever it is. You have to be just narrow it down. I think for 2022, I, I wanna get back in the director's chair. Okay, I need you to direct should. something. I need to direct something. It has been a yeah. couple years, so you need um, to too, because you took a well, little break. Well, I have something that I want to do. Yeah. It's like maybe six or eight pages, but uh, uh, I'm going to write over the holiday. I, I've been think, kind of getting the, the idea ready. Um, there's like I, I don't know. There's a directing opportunity. There's a shadowing opportunity that's going to come up. That's going to really uh, give me. This is kind of decide something that well might happen, and then I have some great news on my feature, the ink the ink project. Yeah. So um, I just found out on Friday, which, but I mean, 
quietly that's all i want to do right now and that's all mm-hmm. i'm going to focus on doing mm-hmm. actually in the next like three to four months is do that okay. and get it i mean just well that that brings up another good point i noticed with writers where i now scroll twitter and people are like i'm writing three pilots and i'm i've got two features and it's like you're doing too much <laughs> you're doing too much and it's all going to be sort of an amorphous blob like focus on like really nailing one thing and then move on to the next thing i think as well, opposed to having like especially if you're new you like kind of if you're new business, yes if you're new having yes. 15 different things in different states it's mm-hmm. like you're i don't yeah. you jack of all trades master of none you gotta master it well there's a guy that i that i know i i that that, that both like you and i had dinner with i think you were at that dinner um and I constantly see him on on Twitter, and he's like complaining about he's complaining a lot about how he can't get a job, and I'm like, don't do that because that mm. makes you look like you because if you're gonna whine on Twitter, yep. then you're gonna whine in, in the room. room. Yeah, no bueno. Um, you gonna whine on set? Yeah, you you always gonna be whining. But he's all, he's like, oh, I got start my new pilot right now. And I'm like, I was thinking back, I was like, you probably started like five or six this year, and, <laughs> and, like, and can't it, like, finish them. No, no, he's finished oh. them. But my thing is. I don't know if you need to be writing five or six piles. Right, no, you right. It's too many because right. it's it's kind of like, did you really vet the idea? Law of diminishing return. You know, yeah. is the did idea you really great? get in the trenches with it? Did you really yeah. wrestle with the outline? Did you yeah. wrestle? The, I, I call it wrestling the bear. Yeah, like it's like bear. I'm going to war, and we're rolling around in the dirt. Right. Yeah, I mean, and there's there's I mean, like there's so the story bear much. I'm, I mean, because because even this morning before I came, I was like, you know, I'll tell you the good news about the ink thing. I'm go off, but it's like. I was like, okay, we're gonna go to this actor soon, and everything like this, and because there's because there's money to make an offer, and it's like I just went back through like her scenes, just so I was mm-hmm. going through them. I want to make because because it's someone specific, and there, and, mm-hmm. and it was just a character, but now like here's the five actresses that we want to go to 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 kick the movie off. So and and they're all like like you know and they're all like a certain type because it fit what the role is. So I'm like okay, I need to. So now that I've discussed with my producer who this could be. So 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 I'm gonna go through and just kind of like just tweak it up, tweak it up more, get just get it stronger. And it's like you know, and the script's been done. Everyone, people who read and like it, but it's like that's the kind of you gotta keep just honing it. How did you meet this producer? Because this goes back to the conversation we had earlier about King Richard and how we aren't connecting with the producers who are, you know, get moving things forward. How did you meet this person? So she. It's one. It's it's one who who I introduced you to about the lawyer. Okay. She. Well, I don't. I haven't met her personally. Her, but I don't know. but yeah. she. Um. I met her through an alumni thing, uh, like maybe ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh. She was like one of the only black women that I had seen at the alumni things. I've been going to this for a while, and I was like, oh, that's inter- okay. So just talking to her, you know, she's really cool. She had a she had a job at Lionsgate. We just stayed in touch. I was I, we'd always kind of talk and just touch base every couple of months about stuff for three four months. You know, she was at Lionsgate. She she was at Fox for a while. She's a big executive at Fox. She was you know like, so you have a relationship. With yeah, her. big relationship. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. big relationship, and we've been wanting to do something mm-hmm. for a long time. You know, and but part of the thing too is you know. You know, I said this before, there's that one Chris McQuarrie thing he did on the moment where he was like, you better find people whose priorities kind of line up with yours, you know? And like, in this woman I know, it's like she loves left of center kind of material. Mm -hmm. That was the reason why they brought her in at Fox, you know, to kind of look at all that kind of stuff. And I was like, you would get my movie. Because... You know, because my managers like read it and and gave no feedback because they didn't get it, Mm -hmm. you know? And I was like, but, you know, but... So is that so you know? And I'm very specific who I want because there's some risque shit in the in the piece that I'm like if I don't have the right you person- risque shit <clears throat> no 
Well, super risky. <laughs> <in this thing. laughs> it is thing, but it's like, but and it's like, I, I, I just like, I need someone who will be in my corner, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, and then because she's black, we can have these conversations. Ah, she's black. Okay. That mm-hmm. I can't have with right. other mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. Be, you know. Like, well, you know, I'm trying to say this, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, I'm trying to push some buttons with this thing, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, here's the thing. You guys mentioned earlier about the having a specific ask in um, meetings. But also, I mean, you want to do that, yeah, but temper it with, like, you want to start building a relationship. Because that, what you have here, you built a relationship with this woman oh, for sure. like 10 years. It mm-hmm. wasn't just, like, just the, it wasn't just the ass put out there and then that's the end of it. Like, you still had some sort of communication. So, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Like, when you have general meetings, I know it's easy to, like, meet these people and then you kind of just, okay, that was that. Mm. I use LinkedIn a little bit to try and just stay on their radar, mm-hmm. you know, like connect with them on LinkedIn. Like that's mm-hmm. a really non-aggressive way to sort mm-hmm. of still They're all stay on there. in their zeitgeist. Yes. Yeah, yes. all the execs are mm-hmm. on there. Um, and just sort of send them a note every now and again or whatever. Yeah, you know, I, just, I mean, I mean, yeah. you know what? I met with some people at Bad Robot in, I don't know, May, maybe April, and I had an idea about something the other day. I was like, hey man, I just got off my show. Uh, it's been a minute. I got something that I'd love to talk to you about. It's late in the year, mm-hmm. but mm. just let me know if the concept sounds like something that you that, that you guys think is cool. If it is, I'll talk to you at the top of the year about what it is. You know, because it's just I just want to stay in his radar too. You know, everybody <coughs> you meet the general, and they move around so they, much. Yeah. The execs oh, move man. around so much. You know, so. I, was, I was talking about that the other night at the um, the community of black writers mm. about somebody was saying. Oh, you know, I went on that showrunners thing and I ended up sitting across from somebody who does with young adult or something and I deal with this and, you know, I didn't didn't think it was a good fit. And I said, after they were done, I said, you guys have to remember that what you just said, that person who's working in young adult mm-hmm. might now be doing mm-hmm. horror mm-hmm. two weeks mm-hmm. from now. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? They move. So they don't, they, they remember you. Mm-hmm. So just have a good meeting and stop trying to yeah. get them to read your scripts yeah. and all that. You yeah. know what I mean? Just go and be like, here's how good I am and here's what I know and blah, 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 blah. Know who the hell you are and present that at all times. Bring your authentic self. I, I cut self. myself earlier when I was shaving. <laughs> um, anyway, so what I was going to add to yours was um, the other part of that is um, I always tell writers this. Just like you were saying, go knowing who you are and the type of writer you are. Like that's the most important. See your background. The second thing is, you were saying, don't walk out of the room without getting something. So I always find a way to tell them about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. even if it's just premises of mm-hmm. things. You know, but I, I still find a way. I don't just go, oh, I have the story about this. I go, oh. Dude, when I was a kid, there was this thing, blah, 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 blah. And it's like just a little short, little 20 second, whatever, right? And so I let them know it's a personal story to me and not just, you know, something that I just came up with and I got 20 of them. It's like this thing's personal to me, Mm -hmm, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And how I get a lot of pitches is because we'll in a regular general meeting and I'll soft pitch something and they would be like, when you're ready, bring that back. Mm -hmm, You know what mm -hmm, I mean? mm -hmm. All the time. Mm -hmm, You know what I mean? mm -hmm. And so that's how I know that shit works. Yeah. You know? No, exactly. Because the passion you have for anything, I was telling somebody the day, I I was like, oh, here's the thing. If you tell anyone just some idea but not why you're passionate about it, like... Here's your thought. I got all these people on overalls. Yeah. Why should I hire you to do this? <laughs> yeah. Why should I hire you to do this? Exactly. I got so, service all yeah. these other people who are already getting paid. They're already getting paid. Yeah. And, and 
who haven't and this year got their check but gave me no projects. So you know, you know what I'm saying. So it's a tough it's, spot. Yeah. So right. it's like so 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 you got to let them know. No one else can do this but me. That's why you have yeah. to tell it from your personal yeah. point of view. You yeah. can't just say, here's a story. Yeah. You have to say, here's a story and why. Yeah. You know, you got to tag it in. Anyway, so <laughs> a couple things y'all need to be doing in the new year. You know, um, One of the things that I know I want to do is just be a little bit more... I got to get back to where I ask people for shit. I stopped I'm again. And I know I, I, this shit worked on my last fucking show. And I here I am three years later not doing it again. I you got I mean? two people. Oh, I got a list of 10 people to email right. today. Exactly. Like, where's my next gig, people? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, well, thank sure. you guys. This was yeah. dope. I appreciate having you. So good to see everybody. Yes. I hope you guys have an amazing holiday and Christmas and all that stuff like that. If you celebrate it. You too, of course. Um, where you at, Tracy Grant? Uh, Twitter. At the real Trey, T H E R E E L T R A Y. Instagram's Tracy Grant 5439, T R A C Y Grant 5439. Get at me. We appreciate you all listening. Appreciate you all supporting Lace, everything we're doing. I'm very are you, reachable. Are you guys on um, Instagram with Lace? Uh, or, Lace, or, or, or uh, hashtag Lace All Black. Uh, Lace is on all black. Does it have a handle for y'all? A L L B L K dot TV. Okay, got it. You can also get uh, all black on Amazon Prime. Um, you can do a search for all black, A L B L K. And yeah, we're still there. All the episodes are now up. And we're we're active and we appreciate mm-hmm. the audience still building. Dope. But I'm around too, doing doing some some other stuff, some new stuff. So nice. Shout out to everybody who's listening. Yeah, I talked to Tiana the other day. Actually, I was just sitting here texting with her while we were doing this podcast. That's funny. Um, anyway, where you at, Linnell White? I'm just on Twitter, at Linnell White, L-Y-N-E-L-L-E-W-H-I-T-E. That's it. Awesome. Chris Derrick? Unauthorized CBD on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm your host, Hillary Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter. Thank you for Sharif for sitting in with us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you uh, uh, let's see what else. Uh, you can follow the show, Screenwriters RR. Um, on Twitter um, I'm also on Instagram and fucking Clubhouse um, <laughs> I always say that <laughs> and fucking Clubhouse <laughs> that's a different connotation it's abusive <laughs> you go on there and you're like addicted to just sitting in there and I'm like I can't I can't I haven't been on there so I haven't yeah it's been I, I was on there last week for like 20 minutes or something um, anyway so that we got that what else we got Chris uh, Patreon what Patreon? Yeah, Patreon. You can support the show on the uh, the Patreon link at uh, ScreenwritersRR.com. Uh, that is the best way. There's a link on the homepage. There's, I think it says donate. So you can, or maybe it says support. I can't remember. But uh, <laughs> but please support the show. There's a bunch of different tiers you can support the show. Um, you know, there's T-shirts, there's mugs, there's uh, there's some some out of print uh, resources that we've collected over the years. From were, were we able to update? Uh, like over the holidays, it's all gonna be updated over the holidays. Oh, sure. yeah. Okay, um, right. but yeah, that's uh, that's it. That's how okay. you can help us out, so we can help <clears throat> you out. That's what's up. So thank you again, everybody. Sharice, Lanelle, Chris. Tracy. Peace and love. Yes, Happy holidays, everybody. Everybody joining me for oh, you know how we do it. Nice. <laughs> Especially Linnell. No. <laughs> <laughs> On this show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what? Everybody. Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever. Peace, y'all. I'ma say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room.
start diminishing the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the Red Room